Welcome to Season 3 of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I'm Garrett McMillan, a new sophomore on this year's Alabama baseball team, and thanks to our new NIL regulations, I can be paid a nominal amount to promote this podcast. A very nominal amount. Is there another word for less than nominal? Just stick to the script, Garrett. Okay. Tom and JT will be rambling on about SEC football again this year with a high lean on the Crimson Tide. Hey, have you guys ever considered I'm not bucking, you're bucking? Garrett, the script. Okay. Here are your hosts, Tom and JT. Welcome to Season 3. Welcome in, everybody, to episode 14, season three of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting, entitled Corn Dogs Are Delicious. So mm. we know what week it mm. is for Alabama. It is LSU week, which is a lot different than the, the LSU week two years ago. Last time they came to talk to, uh, to Bryant-Denny, I think number one versus number two. Don't even remember who was one and two, but I'm pretty sure one of us was one, one of us was two. And uh, But enough about that. Uh, let me welcome in Tom, the other half of the podcast team. Tom, how's it going? Hey, thanks for welcoming me. Welcome, yeah. welcoming me. Yeah, I'm I'm fully refreshed after our off week, ready to roll. Uh, did we podcast last? Oh, oh, oh! You're talking about the team. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, this is a Bama podcast. Okay. Well, well, we, we podcasted last week, so we didn't have a week. We don't take weeks off, guys. We're here for you. <laughs> By week, my week is what we've always said here. At I'm not targeting. You're targeting. <laughs> I guess I should have done a better job last week then. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the way you can put that. You can save that clip and put it in any week you want to, and that would still hold true for okay. both of us, I'm sure. <laughs> well, look, enough chit-chat. As always, you got the commentary. Can't wait to hear it. Let's. What you got? Well, I was, uh, I was thinking during this off week because I had so much time on my hands, and you're going to have to carry us through this podcast. I mentioned this pre-game but I, I went I went to a horse show with my lovely wife Deb this Tom, past Tom, weekend. Tom, you should we sh- we can't be talking about hold up. Did you say horse or Oh, okay. I thought <laughs> yeah. you said something else. No, carry on. I'm sorry. You said horse. Horses. Horse. Horses. Gotcha. Horses. Yeah. Okay. Uh good and bad about that. I, we got on the road. I met I met her mercy as far as timing goes and when these shows start and when she needs to leave and blah, blah, blah. But we get on the road at 1 o'clock, and I was able to watch almost the entire cocktail bowl on my phone <laughs> in the truck riding down the interstate. I, I actually, she drove, of course, but uh, <laughs> uh, I did lose service about the time we got there, so I missed the last... Uh, unimportant quarter of the cocktail bowl and uh didn't didn't get to see anything after that unfortunately i just was keeping it up keeping up with it couldn't even get it on uh couldn't even get it on my phone as far as the update on espn that's how poor the service was i had to go back into the truck and dial up a random fm station to uh, (laughs) to actually hear the auburn old miss game wasn't on satellite radio either but I, i digress um 
but what I, what I, what I started thinking about for for Bama now is, and I've been harping on this for a few weeks now, is that I think there's a two loss team that's going to get into the playoffs. And what made me start thinking about this even more is that Georgia looked really good, and we'll we'll get into that in our uh, breakdown of the cocktail bowl and, and moving forward. But they look really good. And it's unfortunate that we have lost that game to A&M. We were, we were both of the opinion prior to that game that if, if we got to the championship game, both teams were in. Now, if we can get to the championship game, and it's definitely still a daunting task, but if we can get to the championship game, two losses may get us out unless – Unless there's some cushion to be had, unless we can regain that cushion, it will be no, nothing we do. It will, it will be how the football dominoes fall. So, so I, I took a closer look at that to see how likely it would be that we could pick up some cushion. All right. So let me, let me just break it out for you real quick. I'm gonna try to do this in a manner that it makes sense and it's not too long-winded, but. Basically, currently in the nation right now, there are four zero-loss teams outside of Georgia. And when I say four, I mean four power five. This I'm only speaking of the power fives unless there's an undefeated G5 such as Cincinnati. So I did include them, but, but for the... Yeah, for the most part, it's it's all Power 5 teams plus Cincinnati. So there are only four of those teams out there. Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Michigan State, and, drumroll please, Wake Forest. <laughs> yeah. And so there's four of those teams, and there are only, I don't know if you knew this or not, I didn't until I started counting them up, there are only six one-loss teams outside of Alabama, of course. Uh, Ohio State, Oregon, Notre Dame, Michigan, Oklahoma State, and Baylor. So, collectively, there are 10 teams vying for a spot in the playoffs with zero or one losses. All right, again, 12 if you count Bama and Georgia. All right, so out of the four zero-loss teams... Those four teams, uh, well, no, let me let me back up. There are four teams total out of the ten that I think will be favored in all their remaining games. Only four out of the ten. So those four, out of those four, only one of those are currently undefeated. That's Cincinnati. Cincinnati will be undefeated or favored over their last four games. However. They'll have to play SMU, who is currently ranked, and then in the championship game, they'd probably play SMU and or Houston again, whoever whoever makes it in the AAC. So they got two relatively tough games left, but they will they will be uh, favored in all those. The next team that's favored is Ohio State. I assume they're favored. They could be a road dog to Michigan, but I don't think so. Do you? Uh, what yeah, do you think? I, no, I, I agree. Not I after this past weekend. Yeah, I think they'll be a small favorite. So, from Ohio State's remaining schedule, they have to play home against Michigan State, who's currently number five. They go to Michigan, number nine, and then they'll have to play in the Big 12 championship game, which is likely going to be the winner of the Wisconsin 
Minnesota game at the end of the year. That's unfortunate, but that's How that's what that? that's the way it's shaping up over there. Uh, Minnesota has uh, is actually six and one in the Big Ten right now, but uh, they have an out of conference loss to somebody terrible. I can't even remember who it was Bowling Green or somebody. Uh, the third. The third team that's favored in all their remaining games, and this is one that's going to be a a tough one to overcome, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's toughest schedule left, toughest games left, at Stanford, who's currently 3-5, at Virginia. Virginia's 6-3, but in their three losses, they've lost by an average of 19 points per game. And that's in the uh, tough ACC conference. Those are losses to the likes of, I don't know, Wake Forest, North Carolina, and and, and another random ACC team. So those are Notre Dame's two toughest remaining games. Not not a not a lot of uh, opponent strength there. The last team out of the ten who's favored in all the remaining games, Oklahoma State. They're currently at West Virginia. They're only favored by three this weekend. They uh, they have to go to Texas Tech, which I think they'll be a favorite. And they get Oklahoma at home. I, f- I think they'll be a favorite in that game because I think Oklahoma likely either slips up or, or is not looking as impressive as they should by the time they get to that last game. They could be a slight dog there, but I, I think they'll be favored in that one. And then... If they if they can win those three, they have to go into the Big Twelve Championship t- game and play Oklahoma or Baylor again. So they'll have back to back games there. So I guess the point that I'm trying to make here is, if chalk holds everywhere, there's only four teams that will be favored, and those four teams, in my opinion, have a legitimate shot of losing one additional game. And three of those four that I just named already have a loss. So Ohio State has to run the table versus Michigan State at Michigan and let's just say Wisconsin. Notre Dame has an easy run of that. Oklahoma State has a very difficult schedule comparatively. So at the end of the day, we don't need all of them to lose. And if Cincinnati loses to SMU or Houston, you know, they're done. You, they've got to run the table to get in. They're so, out anyway, bro. But go ahead. <laughs> so, point being is that we need three of these four to lose one game. One of them can. One of them can run the table, and I think that's Notre Dame. I think. I think Notre Dame's. If they lose one, it'd be shocking. Now, uh, I. You know, they're just. They just have got terrible teams lined up. But (laughs) (laughs) so uh, if you can put get a loss out of Ohio State, Cincinnati and Oklahoma State down the stretch, your two game cushion comes back. Uh, You know, quite possibly it was uh, I like what you did there. But of course, Oregon, you didn't even factor them in and they only have one loss and they control their own destiny into the the playoffs. I don't think they make it, but and oh, bad, yeah, out of the ten teams that I mentioned, just to to make sure they all control their own destiny based on where they're at. I just I only listed the four teams that 
I felt would be favored in all their you. remaining games. Uh, yeah. Oregon is probably going to be an underdog at Utah. At Utah for sure, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I, I will say this, and maybe this is just my hate. If you've listened to this podcast at all, you know my hatred for Notre Dame. And it's it's rightfully – my dad hates Notre Dame, and I hate Notre Dame for two entirely different reasons. His is based in the 60s and the 70s. Mine is present day. They have no business being in the playoff with the schedule they play. They play a handful of teams that used to be good. Well, USC, when's the last time they've been good? Uh, 2005, 2006 maybe? I don't remember. And Stanford, trash. They play all these these teams. Oh, well, we don't play in a conference, so we play, you know, you, you know, everybody else plays maybe an FCS opponent. We play 12 P5 opponents. Well, who gives a rip? You know, they played Cincinnati this year and got beat. And that's Cincinnati's signature win over Notre Dame, who, if you remember, why were hopes so high for DJ Ungungagale for Clemson? Because he torched Clemson in a loss. I'm sorry, he torched Notre Dame in a loss for 400-something yards passing. It was Notre Dame. Brother, wake up. They're not any good. I really feel like Bama at two losses, if we were to lose in Atlanta by seven or less, I think a two-loss Bama gets in over a one-loss Notre Dame. And like I said, maybe that's just my hatred of Notre Dame coming out, but that's that's it's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> I, I, I would love to agree with that. And, I mean, I do as far as Notre Dame and their schedule. But I will tell you this – because I don't want to, I don't want to disparage them uh, without merit. And what I mean by that is, as you know, these schedules are made years in advance. They did a good job of of, of scheduling, but the teams just happen to be down. <laughs> you know, they've these teams get scheduled years in advance, and and they they've got some big names on their schedule. But again, like you said, they're they're down this year, and that's that's the peril you go through with not playing in the conference. If you go if you go through the ACC and win the conference in the ACC with one loss or zero losses, you got a better than average chance of getting in. Yeah, yeah. Even sure. as weak as the ACC is. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about. I I, I like the commentary because it it kind of is going to segue us into into tomorrow night where the first CFP. Rankings are released, and later on in the podcast, we're going to try to guess what the committee's going to do. Uh, we're not going to pick – you know, next week I think we need to pick our picks like we did preseason uh, the first after the first quarter and then halfway. And, and, man, sadly, Tom, this time next week we're three-quarters of the way through the season. But we'll go ahead and put out what we think the committee, or at least the way – maybe a better way to put it because I have a feeling that you're not going to agree with my picks – I'm going to put it the way I think the committee should do. And I've got two two teams in there at certain spots, and I'm anxious to see if the committee – this is where I think they should rank them. So, anyway, enough about that. Let's recap the cocktail bowl and then the Auburn Ole Miss game. Uh, I'll like tell to, you what. Let me, let me get after the cocktail bowl because uh, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to have you're going to have to get after the Auburn Ole Miss game. I've got a little bit that just, but I didn't watch it. I couldn't couldn't get it. So, <laughs> well, spoiler alert, Tom, on the Auburn Ole Miss game. It was controversial calls by referees in Jordan Hare Stadium. Honestly, yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear about them because I hadn't even seen anything, but. Uh... <laughs> Now I, I I watched the cocktail bowl. Now I hadn't seen something that lopsided since my hairdresser showed up tipsy. But thirty four to seven, that's pretty impressive. One thing, 
last week I made a, a big deal out of the line in that game being 14 versus Alabama on the road at 21. They obviously easily covered the 14, would have covered the 21, and, and they made I mean, they made easy work out of it on the scoreboard, I guess. One thing I didn't know that Florida was going to do was uh, start AR for the first time, and he wasn't ready. He 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 was nowhere near ready. Um, and and let me ask you this question: I know that Emory Jones come back in the game, the second drive of the third quarter. Did AR get hurt, or did they just pull him? Um, I dude, I don't know, and I. <laughs> That's why I was trying to lead the cocktail bowl myself because um, I had a cheer competition. I don't know when he got pulled. I know he got pulled. I got you. Well, I, you know, the first half was super competitive, super competitive. And it was more of a defensive struggle, which I kind of expected. We talked about how we didn't think Georgia's offense was elite. They they typically don't turn the ball over, run the ball, throw control passing, and and are fairly efficient with the ball. I mean, they throw up a, a good bit of points per game, but they're not explosive. And that's that played out in the first half. It was a back-and-forth, 3 nothing the game. It was actually 3 to nothing with 2 minutes and 20 seconds left to go in the first half, and Florida had the ball and went down at halftime 24 to nothing. That's that's unbelievable. The last three series there, Florida just gift wrapped that game. And if you give Georgia's defense a twenty-four to nothing lead, they have no incentive to do anything but not turn the ball over mm-hmm. the rest of the game. And 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 that's that's all they did. They played lockdown offense in the second half because they didn't need anything. Um, I will say this though. When Emory Jones come back in the game that second drive, Florida didn't they didn't have a th- another three and out in the game. They drove the ball uh, t- or had several drive. I say several. They only I think they only got the ball four times, maybe five times in the second half. And but they they moved the ball and Georgia's bend but don't break would would stiffen up as they get across midfield and and. Didn't result in many points. They did get the one touchdown, but uh, that that defense is nasty. Continues to be nasty. As a reference, right now they're giving up six point six points per game, two hundred twenty seven yards per game. That's pretty impressive with today's offenses. Everybody's trying to put up a lot of points and a lot of yards. That's really impressive. As a comparison. Bama's 2011 squad give up 8.2 points per game, 183 yards per contest. So they're an elite company right now if they can keep it up, and their schedule is cake from here on out. Uh, toughest game, Tennessee coming up. Um, other than that, they've, they're going to – and I say other than that. I mean, they'll be a – I don't know if that's on the road or not, but they'll be a 20-plus point favorite there. They'll, I don't think they'll dip below a 20-point favorite from, from here out till the championship game. No. And, um, you know, the, they do you, – you're totally missing the opponent they play this weekend. This was my sleeper pick to make Georgia 11-1. Missouri, they're, <laughs> they're a smooth 37-and-a-half, 38, depending on what book you're using. Hey, and, you still got yeah, life. I do. 
And I swear, man, I cannot believe you just said what you said, and I'll cover it in a minute. But here's let me tell you my experience with the cocktail bowl this week. So my daughter had a cheer competition in Huntsville at what time did they go on for something? And so I, I left the house at two thirty. Huntsville's about a hour and a half, hour forty ride from here. And uh, so I left, and I, I plugged my cell phone in to keep it charged and put it on YouTube TV, and I watched the game the entire way. I don't, you know, I, I don't know why car manufacturers. This is a great idea. Make the steering wheel to hold an iPhone so you can watch the game. <laughs> Like in, instead of looking to the right, you just look straight down to catch the plays. That's a wonderful idea. Somebody needs to make that aftermarket part for the steering wheel. I think I'm gonna sell everything I own and, and invest in that. <laughs> so, so it's three nothing, and Georgia's driving. They throw an interception. Florida momentum takes him in the end zone. He comes out like an idiot and gets tackled around the one, the two yard line, with less than three minutes left. I'm like, hey, you know, and I'm, I'm about to park at this point. And, and go inside, and I'm like, man, if they just and – and even Danielson said, you know, Florida is a first down away from going into half down 3 nothing, And so they punt or whatever happens, and Georgia punches it in, it's 10 nothing. I'm like, okay, I need to get in there in case – I don't want to miss my daughter's uh, performance. So I get in the cheer competition, and if you have never been to a cheer competition, let me tell you, my friend, you are not missing out. They are horrible. <laughs> and so, and, and the announcer, man, listen, let me tell you about the announcer. Man, he uses his radio voice at all times. All right, next up to the stage. I mean, you're like, like you're in a strip club. So he said, all right. You know, so, so yeah, that, that was Muscle Shoals High School. Everybody give it up for Muscle Shoals. Next up's Russellville. But before that, we've got some halftime scores here. And he gives a halftime score. I don't remember what it was. He said, and out of uh, Jacksonville, Florida, you've got Georgia 24, Florida 0. And I'm like, there's, he misread that. Like, there's no way it's 24 nothing. It's 10 nothing. And so I pulled up ESPN out, and it's 24 nothing. I'm like, you, I'm like, talking about there's wheels falling off, and then there's the freaking car exploding with the wheels falling off. And that's what happened to Florida, man. That was terrible. It was it was unbelievable. It was. I mean, and this is the remark I'm talking about. And I, I swear, you look at my notes, dude. Let me ask you. I mean, you, you just you blew it, man. I had it. I, I, told, <laughs> I told Neutron. I told Neutron Sunday. Uh, I said, you know, I said, you know what? Georgia is Bama 2011. I said they have a great defense. They don't have any big-name receivers. Their big-name receiver is hurt, but they don't have any big-name receivers. But they are so they, – they've got a great running game. And like 2011 Bama, we, that was after Julio and before Amari Cooper. It was that one year. I think we had uh, Marquise Mays on that team and Norwood. I know we had Norwood and Marquise Mays. That was probably our top two guys, I guess. And Norwood came on very late in the year. Maybe Christian Jones. I don't remember if he was there at that time or what. And we had A.J. McCarron, who was turned out to be a great quarterback, but he was a freshman or – well, he was a first-year player at that time, first-year starter. And, you know, we we didn't take the, the training wheels off of him until the national title game. And the only reason we did then is because we felt like we had to. We had Trent Richardson, Eddie Lacy running the ball. And it was one of those deals. All we had to do – was punt you deep one time and, and flip the field position, you were done because we're getting a three and out. And then eventually Trent or Eddie will break one or 
we'll play action pass and somebody be running wide open down the field and, and we're up seven nothing and at ten nothing the game's over and and neutron agreed with me and I, and I think and then you brought up twenty eleven bam I'm like I cannot believe he just did that <laughs> so but that that's what that's what they are they are they're that good and I do think that I mean they can be beaten everybody can be beaten and I think we have the team to do it. But it's going to be one of those deals where our defense is going to have to play better than we've played. And we're going to have to perform, like I said with Florida. Florida had to be the best – they had to be the best team at the quarterback position on Saturday to have a chance, and obviously they weren't. But, see, I think Bryce Young can be the best best quarterback on the field. And I think that Will Anderson can be the best defensive player on the field uh, on the other side of the ball. So, you know, but that that's a lot of water under the bridge before that before we even get to that happening and but once Georgia gets you and I don't as good as I'm just built Bama up with Bryce Young and our our offensive weapons if we get down 24 nothing you can put it to bed. I mean, that goes for pretty much anybody. And and on the flip side, if we get them down 24 nothing, it's over because they're not good enough offensively to come back from 24 down, you know, 24 points down. I don't think they are. So, you know, we'll see. But let's roll into the Auburn Ole Miss game. That was the second game of the week we had. That was my 10,000-star lock of the year. And once again, it hit uh, – lock of the decade, I'm sorry. So you'll have to stick around to at least 2030 to get my next lock of the decade. But remember, when it comes, you can move on it like the game's already been played. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, Cole Kublik put out a tweet. And just when you see these tweets after the game, you're like, oh, my gosh, this would have totally changed my perspective, which I thought Auburn was going to win regardless. But uh, currently, Auburn is 20-0 and over ranked Ole Miss teams. They have never <laughs> lost to a ranked Ole Miss team. Like, how pitiful is that, you know? Yeah, that's bad. Uh, and I, I did mention the ref call. It didn't, it didn't decide the game. Kiffin, I think he left points on the field. I think he went for it three times inside the red zone. If, if I watched SEC Shorts today. And that, they reference that, and I assume they they do pretty good research, even though they're a comedy sketch type organization. But that's that's a possibility of nine points that they left out there, and I just you just can't leave them out there. I get the analytics, I get going forward on fourth down in certain situations, but he is married to fourth down. You, everyone deserves to find a spouse that loves them as much as Lane Kiffin loves going forward on fourth down. If that happens, you'll have a very happy life, but. Hey, cut your phone on silent, dude. That really throws me off when that happens. But there was an <laughs> offensive pass interference call, and and I get it. I mean, Ole Miss guy did push off a little bit, but it wasn't like a push in the back for a jump ball. He extended his arm, and I mean, you're going to see that call made about six to eight times a year, and lo and behold, one time of the year it gets called at Jordan-Hare. I mean, it's just it's amazing down there. And What, what was uh, the call? Offensive pass interference on uh, Ole Miss. Oh, I and, and after he – after and like I said, it was not the worst call you've ever seen down there. It's just a call that if you didn't make it, I would be like, that's fine. You know, I, I would be irritated if it was made against Bama. And if, if Auburn offensive pass interference with, with our defensive back and it was at Auburn and they were booing, I'd be like, eh, yes, it was kind of cheap. I mean, I'll take it, but it was kind of cheap. But after he offensive pass interference – Auburn, the Auburn guy caught back up and face guarded him, didn't even turn his head, and which is not a penalty. 
in college, it would be an NFL, but like he is doing all he can to interfere with him. And of course, the flag comes in. We're all giving high fives, and they're like offensive pass interference. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so, uh, but on on the Auburn's positive side, Tank Bigsby looked like you could tell he had a week off. Uh, you know, the bye week looked much better. Bo Nix, if you show me a Bama fan that doesn't think Bo Nix is going to be a problem, and I'll show you a Bama fan that is lying to themselves. He has gotten better. He's still not great, but he's gotten better. And he's a problem, man. I, I, for the life of me, the only reason I can think that Malzahn did what he did with Bo Nix is because he promised Pat Nix, Bo's dad, that, hey, I'll make him into an NFL quarterback. If he would have run, if he would have run the 2013-2014 Nick Marshall offense with Bo Nix, they would be very dangerous. They would have more wins. He would he would still have a job. I mean, Nix has been that good. He's durable. He's fast. He's shifty. I, I just don't get it. So, you know, the defense the defense played uh played better. But you know, let's don't confuse them with the eighty five Bears. They're just they make opportune plays, man. They really do. Like the fourth downs, they stop. And then you know, if it's third and eight, they just don't give up that that play and they they're doing just good enough to win and i know people are like well they won by 11 and uh you know then they beat arkansas by 12 or whatever but those games are so much closer than the score and it's like almer's just got that one extra score in them right this year and man i don't know it's, it's very frustrating because I, I don't think they're seventh best in the west like one person on this podcast thought but i don't think they're second and those sons of guns might go to atlanta if they win this week Mm-hmm. So I, I don't have an answer, man. Let's I, I move on to go ahead. What do you want to finish up? Well, yeah, I just uh, I did go back and look at some of the stats, even though I didn't uh, didn't get to see the game. I just found a couple of interesting tidbits in the first half. This was Ole Miss's possessions versus Auburn. Twelve plays field goal. Three plays punt. But that was because of a, a failed trick play. Uh, I think I saw that. 15 plays touchdown, 10 plays touchdown, and then one play and it was halftime. So they they got the ball four times. They had, they had a bumbled trick play in one of those positions. The other three positions, they, they went 10, 12, and 15 plays all for scores and one, one field goal. All right, so then they open up the second half. They got three and out in the first possession. Then they have a fumble. Then the next possession, they give it up on downs on Auburn 20-yard line. That was a fourth and one. I can't fault him for not going for it on fourth and one. Seven plays field goal. Twelve plays downs on Auburn 13-yard line. That's the one where I was listening to on the radio. It was fourth and seven. They were down eight, and they're still like – 10 or 12 minutes left to go in the game. Yeah. I'm like, cut that to five. Even if you give up a field goal, you're still in it. If you don't, you got a chance to win. But he goes for it on fourth and seven. I mean, seven. That was that was the one that really got me. So he give it up. Next play, seven play, 61 yards. That was the pick in the end zone, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, six plays and down again. So, <laughs> so, so the second half was almost a Kiffin curse. They uh, they moved the ball well pretty much all day. They only had two legitimate punting situations, but they had uh, the two turnovers. 
the fumble and the interception, and then like you said, the three three times they went for it and didn't get it on downs and end up kicking two field goals. Uh, offensively, they should have done enough to win. I mean, the, how do you only with that kind of production? How do you only end up with twenty points? <laughs> only uh, Jordan Hare, buddy. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was really crazy. Now defensively, they didn't do anything to help themselves at all. And uh, that's not unusual. They hadn't played. They hadn't played good defense. They're better defensively this year than they were last year, but they're not a good defensive team. And that showed up and bit them. So that's all I had on it. Sorry, I, sorry, I uh, took your thunder, buddy. No, it's all good, man. I'm great minds and all, you know. So, uh, so let's get into games of the week. We got a couple this week: Bama, LSU, and Auburn at A and M. We'll lead off with Bama, LSU. Did, Tom, did you know that last week LSU canceled practice due to not having enough people to practice? <laughs> I like, did hear. I did hear about that. I mean, how many people do you need to practice? <laughs> that that is my point, man. They they have something <laughs> called Tiger Bowl on their bye week, and I think it's like a, a scrimmage. I mean, I guess it's a ritual. I've never heard of it. I guess it's tradition. Ritual is kind of a negative connotation word. But I guess it's tradition, and it's cool, and you get a lot of kids that probably hadn't played that are destined for a red shirt, and you get them in a competitive type atmosphere. But I just, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, high schools don't ever cancel practice because – now, middle schools, yes. Junior varsity, yes. But high schools don't even cancel practice. I mean, you, play, you practice who you have – you got 85 scholarships and probably 110 when you count your walk-ons. I mean, I don't care if you've only got 35 players. You get out there and you get those 35 better. Like, I know O's not coming back, but that just that struck me funny. Like, he is – He's really he, mailed it in. No, he has. <laughs> and, I mean, that's the thing. And, like, I think the bet this week with this game, I, I mean, there's there's no doubt we're going to win. Like, I and I, I hardly ever say that, but – like, there's really no path to victory for them because they don't care. And and here's the way I think you bet this game. Bet first quarter LSU and pray that you pray, pray that LSU gets the ball first if you if you take LSU. The first the first quarter line should be seven and a half because the game line is 28 and a half because they got a little fight in them until they realize it's, it's off or not. And uh, But then I think Bama, I think you take Bama on the game. I can see them, it, all you need from uh, LSU in the first quarter is probably a field goal. And then as long as you get one Bama punt, you're going to cover the seven and a half. But then after that, the doors are going to be blown off. And, I mean, they don't care. Their coach doesn't care. Their, their, you know, their coach has a golden parachute at $17 million. Their assistant coaches are going to be scrambling, looking for jobs. You think they spent the bye week planning for Bama or looking for their next gig? <laughs> so, I, I really think, you know, last time they played us, Joe Burrow was there. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was there. Jamar Chase, Moss, uh, Justin Jefferson, and I don't see any of those kids on this field now. And Stingley's out. Uh, Thibodeau, or not Thibodeau, uh, Butte is out. So uh, it's just, you know, and the last time they beat us, (laughs) Ed Ogeron said, Roll Tide what? F you. Well, I really think that did not sit well with Saban. He wants to win with class. And, uh, you know, we spanked them last year in Death Valley. I think we'll beat them worse this year. I'd like to see it. I looked at it uh, 
just strictly from a, a team perspective in LSU and not all the turmoil. They've had losses, four losses this year, 14 to Ole Miss, 21 to Kentucky, 5 to Auburn, and 11 to UCLA. The key to this game is going to be holding them to less than 28 points because, by gosh, they're undefeated if they score 28 or more. <laughs> 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 they beat Mississippi State 28-25. to They beat Florida 49-42. to <laughs> How do they beat Florida and Mississippi State? I don't Mississippi know, Mississippi State man. was a road win, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kentucky beat them by 21, and then they went on the road and beat Mississippi State, a team that just obliterated Kentucky. And see, like, look at Auburn, who is flirting with going to Atlanta, and LSU beat them by what five, three or five? What'd you say? Five? Auburn beat them by five. Yeah, I mean that's that's pathetic, you know. Oh, I know it is. But uh, last three games, Max Johnson threw for 146 yards, 133 yards, and then 261. He's going to have to play well for them to even get that three that you were talking about and the last two outings of 146 and 133 don't bode well for that uh the running back davis price he's getting 5.2 yards per carry he's a pretty good runner uh let's see if he's got anything left in the tank if if uh he even decides to to run hard i mean that, that that's going to be like you said early on do they still want to do they want to out of the gates yeah. They might. Uh, as a youngster, I always enjoyed playing in opposing stadiums. Um, it, it's a little bit of a boost sometimes. So you, you'll see if they get a get a little bit of uh, get up and go uh, once they get in the stadium. But I'm with you. I don't think it lasts very long. Yeah. If we get the ball first and, and we go down and score in the opening drive, it could get out of the control not uh, yeah. quick, fast yeah. in a hurry. Then you're going to be wishing you'd have taken Bama. That's that's exactly right. You got to hope that LSU wins the toss or Alabama wins the toss, and we defer if you get LSU. You know, and I mean, there's nothing really, nothing else really to talk about, and it's sad. I mean, this we're a Bama podcast. This is the game of the week. This is Bama LSU under the lights, but. I mean, I expect us to cover the 28 and a half, 29 points. I just, I think it's too, I don't think it's enough. I really don't. And, uh, I mean, there's no, like two years ago, we could break down the matchups forever. And now there's no matchups. It's just how much does LSU, how much pride do they have and how long can that pride last and keep them hanging around? The only way is if we just, you know, trip over our front lips and turn the ball over and, and I don't know. I mean, we're just they're 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 ungood, and we're pretty good. So I got Bama big. I got Bama covering. Uh, Auburn A and M should be more intriguing. That line's hanging around four points at A and M. A and M is of course favored. So um, well, I'll let you lead on this one since I've led on the rest of them pretty much. Well, Auburn surprised me again. You've been warning me. But they surprised me again, and and I do I, I still don't think they're a great team. I, I really don't. Um, Arkansas and Ole Miss back to back wins were surprising to me. Uh, Auburn did have an off week last week before the Ole Miss game, which I think helped them tremendously. But Auburn's been in six straight dog fights for games. They they were 
Of course, they lost the Penn State game, who's who's proven that they're not a really good team. But they they, they lost the Penn State team game. They should have lost the Georgia State game the very next week. We just talked about the close slobber knocker they had with LSU and then pulled that one out. Georgia whipped them like a dog. Then they had two back-to-back surprises in Arkansas and Ole Miss. I, th- I thought both of those were, were L's, and, and they both end up being wins. A&M is the big one. Uh, this is the one that lets, lets us know whether or not they are going to be at the Iron Bowl with a chance to go to the championship game. And I think you and I both agree that we would prefer them not to be in contention in that game. <laughs> yes. One good thing that's happened here this week is that, just like Auburn last week was off before Ole Miss, A&M was off this past week in preparation for Auburn. And, and A&M needs this game. They need this game badly as well. If they if they want an outside shot of getting to the uh, championship game, I mean, they need Auburn. They need some help, but they can't afford a loss, and they're playing well since uh, since they beat us. They, they now they have only played Missouri and South Carolina, but it was a good win for them against us. There's no doubt, and they didn't have any letdowns. I think we were both talking about they might have a letdown that following week versus Missouri, and they did not. They've played yeah, well since yeah. then. Uh, this is probably the best defense Auburn has faced. Would you agree with that? Uh, outside of Georgia. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot they played outside of Georgia, of course. But Yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Jimbo has really stacked the defensive line with difference makers, and they – Man, I know we outplayed them in the in the third quarter and portions of the fourth quarter, but dude, they they manhandled us at times in the Bama A and M game. So they yes. had a lot of pressure there. So that's that's going to be an interesting matchup here. I think, in my opinion, that Auburn's going to need to throw the ball to beat them. I think Nick's going to have to have a bigger game through the air than he normally does. Um. The, the good thing that Auburn has going for them here, uh, I won't piggyback on what you were talking about, Tank and Nick's playing well, but A&M had the off week last week, but outside of that, the only this Auburn will only be the second-ranked team A&M's going to face all year. Arkansas has fell out of the rankings. They hadn't played Ole Miss yet. They've only played Alabama that's been ranked. So this is only their second-ranked team. And I guess we'll we'll find out a lot about both teams here. Well, you know, you said that A&M needed it. I don't remember how exactly you worded it. But the, the loser of this game is eliminated from Atlanta. And they here's are. why. Because Auburn, it'll put them with two losses. So as long as A&M wins out, and I think they've got a very good shot to do that, they do play Ole Miss next weekend, but at this point, man, Ole Miss, you know, looking back at that game, look look at who they had played. They had a five-game stretch of Alabama, Arkansas, LSU, Auburn, and who was the fifth one I'm missing out on. Anyway, they went three and two, and at the beginning of the year, that would be a, a very good, you know, very good record for them in, those, in that five-game stretch. So, um, you know, that Auburn game, they were having – they came off of – oh, Tennessee was the other one. Mm-hmm. You know, emotional game at Tennessee won. Uh, 
LSU, that's kind of their big rival. They won that one. And then going into Auburn, they just had no, no gas left in the tank. And Auburn coming off the bye week, and it showed. That's why I really think if Auburn loses this one, I'm not sure Mississippi State can't slip into Jordan-Hare next week and get them. And I, I'm not, I will not get my hopes up. Repeat after me, Tom. I will not get my hopes up. I will not, I will get, not my get my hopes up. up. I will not get my but hopes up. I, there's an outside shot. That game has been announced, 11 o'clock, breakfast with the Barnes. Get your mimosas ready. But anyway, let's get to the Auburn uh, A&M game. You know, A&M wins. They have a great shot to get to Atlanta because all they're going to need is Bama to drop one more, and we do have to visit Auburn. If Auburn wins, A&M's 100% eliminated. That'll be their third conference loss, and there's no coming back from that. And then Auburn's got the inside track to Atlanta any way you want to slice it because – even if they were to lose to Mississippi State, the the West will still be won or lost at, on the Plains. And I don't like our chance. Like I've said before, that light at the end of the tunnel, Bama fans, you see, that's Auburn waiting on Bama and Jordan-Hare with the West on the line, and it does not end well. I, I agree that A&M defense is probably better than anything they faced outside of Georgia, but Auburn's de- offense is definitely better than A&M's offense. And I think Nick's just – he's turned into a dynamic playmaker. All this all this freelancing stuff he does, he has yet to be punished for it. Like, they just can't get him down. Like, I mean, he retreated against Ole Miss. I bet he retreated 25 yards one time. I know it sounds like a lot, but, dude, I guarantee it was. And I think he finally – I don't know if he threw it out of bounds or maybe they finally got to him. But he – as far as he retreats sometime – Sometimes if he trips over his shoelace, like the, that that series is over because if it's second and eight, dude, he puts him in third and 29 on mm-hmm. his retreats. And, that you know, can A&M get to him? Can can Will Anderson and Bama get to him on that the, the freelance? And that's what we got to hope. But I, I just – I've got Auburn winning outright on this one. I hate it, but I just – I see him winning outright. Wrong team wow. favored. Mm. Can, I can't get on board with that. <laughs> well, you couldn't get on board last week either, buddy. That's why, you know, that's why you, one of your sheets went down in the eliminator, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it did. <laughs> I had. I don't feel bad about it. That That's the second time this year that I was within just a, a fraction of a, a second of, of having one of just four or five sheets left. Yeah, um, yeah. Because Missouri almost went down to Vandy. <laughs> Oh, I know, I know. I, I got, I got a a, pers- a listener that will not be. He will remain nameless. He gave me plus five hundred on that game because I told him my sheet situation, so he helped me out. So I gladly paid a hundred dollars to keep my sheets in, and, and with a five hundred plus five hundred hedge. And uh, but now I'm, I've got the inside track, brother. I did, I've already done the math. Yeah. yeah, you you and 75 other people. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> uh, we can talk about that off the air. Let's let's go. We've we're, we're got about 10 minutes left here. We need to wrap this thing up. Uh, let's predict the CFP. Uh, let, let me let me go first. Let me go first. I got, I got my top seven, and it'll make sense why. And this is the way I think the committee should and hopefully will rank the teams tomorrow. I've got Georgia at one. I've got Bama at two, I've got Michigan State at three, and I've got Oklahoma at four. Now, those might be some controversial picks. You know, Michigan State kind of has just hit the map this weekend after their win against Michigan. They were down 30-14 to 14 and scored two consecutive touchdowns and converted two consecutive extra points to tie that thing up. At that point, you're done. You know, you're at Michigan's on the road. 
you let a team do that to tie it up, you're going to be very fortunate to win. And, of course, Michigan did not win. Now, my first – I got my first two out because they always rank their kind of their tops. They'll give all 25 rankings, but then they kind of bracket the number five, number six, and then put the top four up there too. My number five is Oregon. My number six is Ohio State. And my number seven is Cincinnati. And those three picks I want to discuss – I've got Oregon over Ohio State, even though I was listening to talk radio on the way in from Huntsville tonight. And, you know, a Ohio State fan called in. He said, you know, teams get better. And, and just because Oregon beat us the first time doesn't mean they'll be. Hey, brother, I don't disagree with you. I feel like right now if Oregon and Ohio State line up, Ohio State would beat, y'all, would, would beat Oregon by 21 or more points. But it, they didn't. That's the thing. If you put if, – if the committee puts Ohio State in front of Oregon tomorrow night in any way, shape, form, or fashion, why, do, why, why should you play a tough game? Because, obviously, all they're worried about is wins and losses. Oregon did drop a game to Stanford. They went to Columbus and beat Ohio State. I'm sorry. That game happened. I saw it with my own two eyes. That's got to mean something. Head-to-head has to mean something. And until Oregon loses their second game, I don't care if they win by one point the rest of the way out. If Oregon does not lose again, there is no way Ohio State should jump them because if they do jump them, you're saying, you know what, brand over everything because Ohio State's got a better brand than Oregon. So let me get off that soapbox and get on this one. Cincinnati at seven. Yes, that's where they should be. They should not be higher than seven. Here's why. If you put Cincinnati in the top four tomorrow, then you're telling teams like an Auburn, like an Oklahoma State, like uh, an Arizona, uh, a Wake Forest, you're telling them, hey, don't worry about being in P5. Go Renounce your allegiance to the conference you're in. Join a G5. Play Notre Dame. Get you a a name recognition win. And then win the rest of your games and we'll put you in the playoffs. That's what they're telling you if they put Cincinnati anywhere sniffing the top four, Tom. I see. Is that your final word? JT out. (laughs) We have identical top three. Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State. Gets dicey after that. I've got Oregon at fourth. I I can can live with that. I can live with that. I think that's where the committee puts them. Uh, Again, folks, we're not predicting where where it's going to land. We're predicting... At the end of the year, we're predicting what the committee does tomorrow. Yes. I got Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, then Oregon. After Oregon, I've got Oklahoma, then Ohio State, then Cincinnati, and then Notre Dame. Oh, Tom, I'm, I'm proud of you, dude. Proud of who? You know, if, you want, if you want me to go number eight, I'll go Michigan. I'm not putting Notre Dame anywhere near the top eight, so I'll go eight <laughs> Michigan here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do like your Oregon pick. Oregon has the best win. Uh, I, they've got the best win of, of any team, I guess. Well, maybe I guess Michigan State could argue that point right now. But Oregon's got one of the top two or three wins in the in the country this year. I tell you the one thing that hurts Oregon, but it's the same thing that hurts everybody after Michigan State, and and it really hurts Michigan State too. But but they get the nod because they did beat you know another top ten team just recently. Recent recency bias. But the one thing that's going to hurt Oregon and it's going to hurt Oklahoma, it's going to hurt Cincinnati. 
may not hurt Ohio State as much, definitely hurt Notre Dame, is the metric they harp on a lot, game control. Those teams, all of those teams, with the exception, every team in the top eight that we just named, with the exception of Georgia, Alabama, and recently Ohio State, the rest of them have a very difficult time with game control. That's and that's exactly what it means for those of you unaware. It's a team that gets out there, they take control of the game early, they the the game's really never in doubt. Uh, they're not coming from behind a lot. There's not a lot of teams that can stay that. Michigan State's almost lost several games, yeah, even though they're yeah. undefeated. We've already harped on Oklahoma previously, how many games that they've won by less than a, a touchdown and to substandard competition. Even Cincinnati, even after beating Notre Dame, they played poor competition, but they they struggled to put away a team two weeks ago, and, and Tulane had them uh, in a competitive game at half this past week. Oregon, same thing. You know, they've they've squeaked by the UCLA's. They've squeaked by the uh, Washingtons or or whoever else they've played out there. But they did get the big win over Ohio State, which is the the one one metric that I think if if anybody else had game control going for them, they would probably jump Oregon in that spot. Yeah. But I I think you could shuffle them up and 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 pull one out of the the hat, and I, I don't know that I'd have a huge problem with any of those in the number four spot. Yeah, it's – you know, it's Georgia and everybody else this year. I do – Colin Coward did – he tweeted out, he said, he said, Bama would roll everybody with the exception of Georgia that's ranked right now. And an, uh, an Ohio State fan put, they wouldn't roll Ohio State. And Colin replied back and said, Oregon did in Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that guy walked away from his uh, keyboard, head down and muttering. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right, so there, there you have it. We can, I can tweet these out. I've got these written down, so we can kind of keep track of where we're at after tomorrow night. Uh, we're going to recap the bets. Let me go first. Uh, you paid juice if you went with me. Thank goodness I didn't take Kentucky. I wonder why the line was so low, and I found out why. I'm, as the young kids say, I messed around and found out. <laughs> uh, I went one and one. Auburn, 10,000-star lock of the decade. One, uh, Ohio State, 19 and a half points. Couldn't even cover a tease. Trust me, I know from experience. <laughs> I went one and one as well. I had the Wisconsin well was another easy winner. They dominated. Who did they dominate again? Iowa, wasn't it? Yeah, ranked yeah. team Iowa. Di- dominated Iowa, 27 to 7. And then I ended up with the only game control that Oklahoma's had all year. <laughs> Just leave it up to me to, to pick, take the 20 in the Texas Tech. I knew Texas Tech was a dumpster fire with their their coach and all that jazz, but uh, I still thought 20 was way too much. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, it wasn't. So, all right, split me, as well. We're, we're... We're pushing the time constraints here. Due to time constraints, we're moving forward in the podcast. Uh, what's your game one for this week? I've got only the second time ever that it's happened in the history. Uh, put put one down for the bear on that one. I saw that quote. But we have a team that's 500 or less favored over a top 10 team. I knew you were going with that one. 
Of course, I, <laughs> of course, I was. North Carolina is a two and a half point favorite over Wake Forest. It's still dropping. You may get this at two or one and a half by the time it kicks off. <laughs> uh, it could be even for all I know. But I'll take the Tar Heels as a small favorite over Wake Forest. All That's right, well, one gonna, of the ten I've listed earlier too. This will be a good start. I am. Uh, I'm going to steal your second team that you're probably going to go with. I'm taking Wisconsin, twelve and a half at Rutgers. I have no respect for Rutgers. They're trash, and uh, Wisconsin wins that one easily, even as though it's on the road. All right. I, I don't. Sometimes I like to do reverse jinxes and things like that, but I can't. I can't bring myself to in this case. So you know where my next game's going. Uh, I'm going, even though Auburn's won and covered two in a row. I'll go against them this week with ADM coming off the bye. This line opened at six and a half, which is probably where it should be. Probably should be a little higher than that. Probably would have been if Auburn hadn't had these last two wins. But this line has dropped already to four and a half. I'm not sure why. Adams at home. I'll take them. I'll, I'll lay the points four and a half. Well, <laughs> so yeah, hold up. Uh, I got to do some writing here. So you got ATM minus four and a half. Because I had Auburn plus four, but we. <laughs> so let me get on VegasInsider.com. You've already, you you've know already said the wrong team was favored, but uh... you know what, brother? You know who I'm going with? I'm going with my. I'm sticking with my pick, Missouri, for the outright win. If you can find somebody money to line. Missouri money line, bet it and bet it heavy. Where I can't even find them on the out, dude. Where but if you can't at? get the money line, just go ahead and snag the thirty nine. <laughs> Is it thirty nine? I think that's over under. <laughs> Let's go 38 and a half. There we go. We're going Missouri 38 and a half. So your picks, North Carolina minus two and a half, Wisconsin. Oh, we went with all favorites. Wisconsin 12 and a half, A&M four and a half, Missouri 38 and a half. By the way, the A&M pick is not, uh, is not uh, what word am I looking for? It is not reflective of both podcast partners' uh, <laughs> attitudes toward this game. <laughs> so anyway. All right. Tiffin. I tell you, I feel like our podcasts are getting worse and worse as we go. We're less prepared and less prepared. I mean, you're going to horse shows. I'm going to cheer competitions. It's it's late October. <laughs> it I'm was off week, man. I told you. <laughs> Dude, there was football. Listen, I had someone try to get me to go to a wedding one year. They said, well, Bama don't play. I'm like, I will cut you for talk such as that. There's college football on. Those were the good old days. Yep. All right, Tom. As always, if you're going to hate Auburn, you have to hate early and hate often. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Take it easy, guys.